Payoff.com is a paying sponsor of this Thrifters Villa podcast. You've tried balance transfers and budgeting, but high interest rates and unrelenting bill cycles make it almost impossible to get out of credit card debt on your own. Instead of another new savings technique, you need a clear path out of debt, and that's what a payoff loan can do. A payoff loan is a personal loan backed by member-centric credit unions designed to help you pay off your credit cards with rates as low as 5.9% APR and loan amounts up to $35,000 with no hidden fees and personal customer service support from payoff to help you reach your financial goals. Some of the benefits of a payoff loan may also include potential credit score boost, one monthly payment, and savings from lower interest rates. Go to payoff.com slash thriftersvilla to learn more. Checking loan rates won't affect your credit score. Try something new. Pay off your credit card debt with Payoff. NMLS ID number 1396805. Not all applicants may qualify. Loan only available within the United States. Loan is not available in all states. Payoff works with lending partners who originate the loans. Additional terms, conditions, and eligibility requirements may apply. More information is available at payoff.com slash thriftersvilla. Now back to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela, and welcome to another episode of Coffee Talk. So on today's episode, I have a good friend of mine, Heidi, who is Restyle Secrets on Instagram, and we are talking about eBay shipping. So Heidi has been selling on eBay for the last two years, and she really breaks down all the aspects of eBay shipping, especially for a Poshmark seller going over to eBay. I know I learned a lot in this episode, and I hope you learn a lot too. Enjoy. Heidi, how are you? Thank you for being on Thrifters Villa. I'm very excited for this conversation. Hi, Daniela. I am thrilled to be here. You are a longtime Thrifters Villa listener. Long time in like since December. Day one. Day yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> when Lori and I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. You support us in every way with YouTube and everything. So thank you for doing that. Um, so some people obviously don't know who you are and I want you to, you know, self-promote yourself a little bit here. This is your opportunity. Why don't you tell everyone who you are, where you're from, how you got started, what's your story, and then, um, insert your Instagram and all that fun stuff too. Okay. Well, no pressure. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm Heidi. Um, I live in Michigan and I, my my reseller story is kind of not like anyone I've, I've heard before. I was, I retired, I retired, and I'll talk a little bit about my previous work experience. I retired in um, March of 2017. And I slept for three months after that. <laughs> and, and then I gave away all my suits and high heels. And I traveled a little bit. And redecorated a little bit. And then somehow, oh, I'm not sure how I discovered YouTube as an entertainment source. <laughs> but it Previ- happened. <laughs> previously, it was like how to repair your noisy garage door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, how to change the windshield wiper on a 2008 Jeep Grand Cherokee, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, but I 
I, I don't know how I discovered YouTube as a, as a source of more information, but I was looking for the, a good foundation for a woman with mature skin. Oh. And, I, and I, I watched a YouTube video of a woman called Caroline, Mrs. M, oh. who, li- who lives in Devon in the UK. Oh, listen, I love the UK YouTubers. Oh, They're she, so good. She is, she is charming and smart and mm-hmm. tells stories and is a full-time um, eBay seller and has been for many years. Oh, wow. And she used to do a lot of eBay content and now not so much. She does more lifestyle. But she had a great video and I found a great new foundation. But in the course of watching another one of her videos, she mentioned her eBay business and, I, and she was showing off these racks of clothes that she was listing that day. And I was like, what? Instantly it, intrigued. Here's, people sell used clothes on eBay mm-hmm. and people buy them. You know, I had had an eBay account. Um, my husband had my husband's a musician and a teacher and a whole bunch of whole bunch of things, <laughs> but he had um, a, a some sort of musical foot pedal thing for guitar players. I don't know what it was, and said, "You know, I never used this more than once or twice, and I don't need it anymore. I wonder, if, hey, maybe you could sell it on eBay." Our son-in-law had sold stuff on eBay, and he'd heard about it. So I thought, I don't know, I'll try. And it was, I I got an account and I listed it and I sold it and the guy was unhappy and it was a terrible experience and I never touched eBay again. Oh no. And, but then I got so intrigued by this business idea. I recognized it immediately as a business that you could enter with very little cost. Right. And you could do in your home and you could do it whatever size you wanted. And so I, looked up more things on YouTube and found the New York thrifter. Oh my God. She is my favorite. She is like my first like YouTube crush. She was, she, she got me started on eBay. I watched her thrift flipping $20 challenge where she said with 20 bucks, you can buy inventory supplies, list things on eBay and sell them. And I did exactly her steps now I've got small business experience and a lot of work experience. I could have just gone off and done my own thing. I did exactly what she told me to do mm-hmm. and it worked. And now here I am two and a half years later and I've sold 1500 items on eBay and made a nice supplemental income to my retirement. That and is I, fantastic. And I love it. That's a, and isn't it crazy how that happens where you come from, you know, one type of work and you were retired and I know you said you're going to talk about it. Um, I yeah. know what you did, but you can, you know, obviously share that if you want um, and completely different worlds, but at the same time, you're still applying all of the skills that you used in that aspect of work that you were previously in. Yes. I love it because I yes. find that too, even even with my teaching background and now working for the state, I literally use every skill that I have learned across every single job in retail, everything in reselling. Reselling literally encompasses all of the skills. Because you have all the jobs in yeah, your business. This, this is very, yeah, exactly, exactly. You're, you're a one-man show for the most you're, part. You're, you're finance, HR, marketing, um, buyer, yeah, all the, all the departments, which is... Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's a challenge. There are parts of it that I just like ick, 
but I know how to do them and I go ahead and do them. But what's one of those things that you don't well, like to do? I, I can do basic bookkeeping and I, you know, do my own taxes and all that stuff, but I would never apply for a job that had a title with any kind of accounting or bookkeeping in it. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. <laughs> I, you know, I could do it. I actually did work for an accounting office for a year and um, I did the, I did the work, but you know, doesn't jump me out of bed in the morning. So. Yeah. I think the one thing that I dislike doing the most is shipping. Oh, I love shipping. See, I like listing. I like cleaning shoes. <laughs> I like finding this stuff. But when it comes yeah. to shipping, it feels like a chore to me. And I think it's because I always do it after work, like after I'm done working. Yeah, over. you're tired and it's not. Yeah. And it's just not enjoyable for me. I try to make it enjoyable sometimes. Like I try to make a game out of it because yeah. <laughs> I'm a five-year-old at heart. And I like time myself to see how fast <laughs> I can get it done. Yeah. So that way I try to do it, but it's definitely one of those things where I feel like I'm just always rushed when it comes to shipping. I was, I was gifted a Dymo 4XL. Oh, a I'm jealous. I want a label maker or a label oh. thingy so bad. <laughs> Two years later, I still giggle when the label comes out. That's how cool That's they funny. are. <laughs> <laughs> I do want one. It's on my list, but at the same time, it's like, I need, like, I need to be, I don't know. I feel like I, my business needs to be a little better than what it is now. At a certain level? Yeah. I, I was right there. And that's why I didn't buy one. And one of my daughters bought it for me as a, oh, as a gesture awesome. of, I believe in you and you need this. Because yes, I was not, uh, I was not time burdened in cutting out labels and basing them on. But yeah. I giggle every time the label comes out. So <laughs> I say, awesome. do it. Your business will grow to meet the demand of your thermal printer. How's there you that? Go. I like that model. That's good. I am just like <laughs> wishful thinking that some, you know, company out there is going to reach out to me someday and be like, yes. hey, we'll give you a product and you can, you can feature it in a video or something. Just hint to any printer out there that wants to give me one. You I'll just need it. To, you need to be hashtagging the right people yeah, right. on your stuff, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> just give me one for free and I'll promote it. I promise. <laughs> Um, so why don't you tell everyone what you did previously? Oh, sure. Well, I've, um, as, as you can tell, because I'm retired, I've had a long career <laughs> and I, I had a lot, of, a lot of jobs. We moved a, a bunch of times following my husband's career, but most of my work was, I was a civil servant. I worked for three cities. I worked for a state. I worked for the federal government. But my last 16 years, I worked for one city um, up nearby, about an hour away of 72,000 people. I was city clerk there for a long time. And when I retired, I was deputy city manager. That's fantastic. And I love, I love public service. I hope you do too. I do. I do. Um, it's so gratifying and satisfying and challenging. Yep. And I just, I'm very proud of my work in public service. So. I love my job. It's just difficult to love it during a pandemic. That it's I hard right now. Yeah. yeah. It is very difficult right now, but the work that we do, um, helping people every day, especially in the field that, um, I mean, even what you were doing too, but just especially right now, yep. unemployment and temporary disability, it's, you know, it's nice to talk to someone on the phone and be able to help them. It's awful when you can't because of certain circumstances, but, you know, we do our best. I know. You do your best. Yeah. Yep. We do our best. So thank you for your service, Heidi. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for that. I, I, I got many more um, blessings out of it than I ever gave, but. Yeah. When the when the when the pandemic conversations first started happening nationally, my mind immediately jumped to a three ring binder over my desk in my last office, 
<laughs> that was for pandemic planning. And, See? you know, I, I hadn't, I couldn't. We're developing now. We're developing. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't remember any of the pages in it, but yeah, I didn't need to. I just yeah. hope somebody else found it. I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. Yeah, that was one thing that um, my state did not have yet, but that we're building now. Um, we no. didn't have a pandemic bind. We had different policies put in place for like natural disasters and stuff, but when it came to yeah. pandemic, we didn't have that. So it's been it's been a learning process for everyone. Yeah. Um, oh. Kind of going. Those, off, go ahead. Those those plans were best guesses anyway. Oh yeah. And everybody is now rewriting their plans. Yeah. Right. You can't plan for this. This is something that it's just you take it day by day. Things are always changing. Um, and I guess going off of that, we should, you know, just touch base too with the audience and let them know how things are going for us and what phases our states are in. So my state is moving into phase two on uh, June 1st. So that's interesting. Um, you know, we're all excited but cautious all at the same time because we don't know exactly what's going to happen. They're collecting data for two weeks before they make a decision to go into phase three in July. Um, yeah. numbers start to go up, then we're going right back down to phase one. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. Restaurants are opening um, to a higher capacity. There's outdoor dining. Uh, businesses are starting to reopen. Our thrift stores here are open. Um, wow. So phase two is pretty... Phase two is basically... It opens quite everyone. a bit. Yeah. yeah. Phase two yeah. is basically everyone opening. And there's restrictions, obviously, like there's capacities that each business has to maintain and all of that. Um but for the most part, everything is is open. Um, wow. Daycare's are opening on Monday, which is a big deal. Uh, so you know, we'll see. That the big message is: if, if you can telework, they want you to telework. Yeah. Um, but if you work in a job where you can't do that, then you know they want to open back up to those people. Uh, so that's where we're at. I did go to the thrift store. I did make a YouTube video on this and um, shared my opinion on it. I will not be going back to the thrift store for at least a month. Um, I don't think that it is worth my time to go there right now. Items are being quarantined. The only things that are being pushed out or whatever was there at the beginning of March that was already, you know, in store. Um, there's no sales or anything happening. There's um, capacity limits. So, you know, there are lines out the door if there's too many people in the store kind of thing. But there's no, like Heidi, um, you had mentioned that your Goodwill has an Eventbrite set up, which you can talk about, which is really interesting. Yeah. Um, so there's that. The bins in Boston, I think, are going to be opening up, but I will not be going to the bins. A lot of my sourcing will be done online, and I'm getting better at it. And that's something. Oh, that I suck at back. online sourcing. <laughs> so it was tough. It was really tough, Heidi. Um, you know, Lori and I did that podcast episode about looking for inventory online. That was like the first time we really dived into it, and ever since then, I've kind of I've gotten better at it. Like I feel more comfortable with it. Um, I don't think I've made a bad buy yet, but I don't know. It's still too early, right? But is, it, I, is it time intensive to um, be successful? It can, it can be, but I think once you realize what items you really want and what's selling and what you can find at a good price point, like it requires a little bit of work the first few times. Yes. Yeah, I get um, about anything, you get better at it. Right, you do get better at it. And I've been sending so many things to thread up, but their processing time right now is insane. So, but once I have those oh, credits, I will be using them to get inventory as well. So it's, you know, I'm just finding different ways. I've been doing the Nextdoor app, which has been fantastic. I actually had someone just reach out to me as we we're recording. I just popped up on my phone that they want me to pick up four bags of donations and it's all women's wow. So that's great. And then even if there's stuff that I can't sell, like it's fine. I'm donating it to Savers. I'm getting 20% off. So, you know, it, yeah. it all works out. Yeah. 
What about you? How are you dealing cool. with divorcing? Uh, well, Michigan is, they, the governor opened the Upper Peninsula and part of Northern Michigan ahead of the rest of the state. There's, there's just very few people up there. Right. And they had much, much, much lower incidences of um, the virus. Right. And um, for the part of the state that I live in, retail by appointment only was just reopened. Now we've had essential retail open. So any place that sold groceries or like auto repair or home repair right. could be open. But all the others, um, like Best Buy started doing curbside pickup pretty early because they, you know, they were well integrated with their online and whether it was available in store. Right. But stores like Penny's, online and available in store is not as well integrated. So they didn't do that. So, but the, the most thrilling thing for me recently was that I'm, I'm on the very close to two Goodwill regions, if you know what I mean. Yep. There's one there's one batch of stores that are all very close to where I live and then just 20 minutes away there's another batch and that other batch opened last week by appointment only 14 shoppers maximum you sign up for an appointment on Eventbrite and you get uh, an hour so 45 minutes to shop and then they start ragging you to the checkout huh so they're now, timing the amount of time you can be in there to actually yep. shop that's interesting and I, my, I've done it twice in two different stores. My first time I was, I was um, anxious, but only because of the time pressure. Yeah. I don't know if I like that. I usually spend two hours in savers. Easy. I have, I have shopped like, oh, I'm here. So I might as well just pop in, but I only have this much time. Right. And I, and I never enjoyed it as much because I was, I had so much FOMO, you know? Right. You're only <laughs> looking at one or two categories and you have. Yes. To- and I'm always then looking over, I should be over there. Yeah. So I thought it would be, I thought, I thought it would be, you know, I thought I wouldn't like it. And they did a great job. They had freshly sanitized carts. Everyone had to wear masks. Staff all wore masks. Everybody that in, was in their shopping stayed out of your aisle, right? If you wanted to look at jeans and there was somebody shopping jeans, you went to someplace else. Huh. And um, they were putting out new stock. And there was, I found in 45 minutes, I think 17 items, which I have, nev- I have never found 17 items in two hours before. Wow. And I was pleased. I mean, where I live, you know, I'm not finding, I find Lululemon like once every three months. Uh, listen, and I don't find Lululemon. I, I don't find Reformation or, you know, yeah, if, I, if I find three or four year old, old anthropology, it's exciting. So, you know, I'm talking, but I'm talking, you know, like, I found some really nice soft surroundings. I sell a lot of what I call hiker biker clothes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, but I, I was very strategic. I said I was going to focus on golf skorts. I can't keep golf skorts in stock. You know, funny you say that. I, I sell them so fast. I bought, so I am like not like a skort, skirt kind of person, like athletic oh, wear anyway. However, I found once I went to Salvation Army, I found four of the um, Lululemon like tennis skirt type things. Oh, those I are could yeah, not keep those in the closet. They sold within a day. It was insane. I found one of those and it sold in like six hours. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I fo- yeah, so I focused on golf skirts, 
So you can find them so fast. I look for things that I can identify quickly. Yeah. And in, when you're in the skirts, you find those skirts right away. Yep. Then I went to swim and one pieces sell better and I knew which brands I wanted and I went through swim very quickly. You're going to need then to I, educate me on swim. I know nothing about swim. <laughs> nothing. I don't pick it up. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, I just never uh, there's there's a lot to know about I'm swim. I'm sure. I'm but sure. But I figured out what I can sell. <laughs> yeah. Topic and then topic. I went to shorts and I didn't get much in shorts. Then I went over to men's shorts and swim. And I had more success. So I did that in both times I went and I got enough stuff to last me through the middle of next week. So here's my, right. here's a question for you, Heidi. Um, when you're sourcing, are you sourcing specifically for eBay? Or are you just sourcing for categories that do well for you across all platforms that you sell on? Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I guess I would, well, I, because 95% of my sales come from eBay, I'm yeah. sourcing for eBay. Yeah. Um, I think that the, uh, the stuff I see, the stuff, um, on social media, the stuff I see people selling on Poshmark, yeah. I, I don't find that here. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. The, the part of the country or the part of Michigan that I'm in, um, there's one tiny anthropology store about 50 miles away from me. And that is probably, we don't have a Nordstrom within mm-hmm. within three hours um you know we don't have a, a boutique upscale mall our mall is anchored by uh pennies and yonkers and coals and those you know that's yeah. our shopping area so when i find like uh brunello brunelli Cuccin, no, brunello oh, those Cuccinelli. Sell well. those sell so oh well. yeah i sold that in about a day yeah. but that's I, I occasionally find that those people are shopping online and yeah yeah, I'll, once when I find something amazing, I hold it out and say, "How did you get here?" Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. I think that too sometimes mm-hmm. because yes, I do live in New England, and there's there's a lot of different stores around here, right? We're surrounded sure. by lots. Oh of yeah, you're in an urban. I am, and um, but there are some times where certain items pop up, and I'm like, "How are you here?" Like more yeah. than a brand, like who is even buying this? I know. Here? I want to meet you. And did yeah. you donate anything else? Yeah. Next time you donate, just let me know. I'll give you my number and you can yeah. just me and we can go through your stuff together. <laughs> you know, but it's so funny too, to hear you mention like the distances between everything because I'm in Rhode Island. So everything's about 15 to 30 minutes away from me. So to hear like it takes three hours to get somewhere. I'm like, oh, that's, that's, I've gone through three States, three hours. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so different. <laughs> bigger out here <laughs> much bigger <laughs> but i actually and for most of the people that i know here you know detroit is a far ways away i've actually oh, okay. gone sourcing in detroit for the day but oh. i have family in wisconsin and we have property in northern wisconsin mm-hmm. and we'll go there on a four-day weekend we'll drive eight ten hours so we drive so much and always have because yeah. we live so far from family that you know two and a half hours that's no big deal but yeah, I mean, two and a half. Like I live in, I sound like I live in Montana. But, yeah, yeah. You know, not, <laughs> no, I know, I know. Yeah, that's I know. how they look at it. But I know. So my my sales on Poshmark are like I have no idea why they might have sold or why they don't because I list probably three fourths of what I get on eBay over there, and most of the time I list things and then I delete them. So but, you don't cross post everything to Poshmark. Not everything. Well, here. Um, that the, the, most of the things that I don't are because of their value. Yeah. And the Poshmark fee is higher. Yeah. So 
I don't put it over there because it's not worth the extra time to get, you know, a $6 profit. Well, I guess that makes sense. That does make sense. So I guess yeah. this is a good segue for us. How did you, so besides watching the YouTube video and, you know, when it came to eBay, um, how do you feel like your process was to get on, like, did you feel comfortable when you first got on eBay? Like, how did you figure it out and maneuver it? Because like we, like I said to you before, Heidi, I just cross post on eBay and then I hope for the best. Like that is my business model for eBay. It's awful, but that is what I do. I just post everything on Poshmark. I use lists perfectly. I post it on eBay and then cool if I make a sale and if not, it just sits there until it gets deleted. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically my motto. Yeah. Um, I never, I was not intimidated by eBay, but I looked at it as just another software application and I've learned dozens of them in my lifetime. And you poke around and you click on things and you go, well, that's not what I expected to happen. <laughs> but so I clicked on things and I read them, you know, like what's, what is this? I probably, you know, I probably spent more time studying the platform than I did listing for the first week. Huh. And um, one tip I have for people that are trying to understand or learn something, say they've got a specific, what does that mean question? If you Google the, your question, you know, put eBay and then Google your question, you'll get links, two different kinds of links. You'll get links to eBay help pages or you'll get links to eBay community pages. And you have to be careful about the community pages. There's a message board system on eBay where members can share information with each other, ask each other questions. I had no idea that existed. It's awesome. Oh. And, you, and sometimes somebody will whack you and say, did you Google it? You know, but <laughs> so I read them. I never post questions to them, but you have to look at the date of the conversation because eBay is changing constantly. It's right. had... It's had two or three major changes in policies, in the way the platform looks, in the rules, since I started in two years. So make sure it's current information when you're reading a community post. But the Google help pages, you'll find that they, they're, they sort of tease you. They explain it, but not as detailed as at least I wish they would. So you know, they'll, they'll, they kind of just give you the basics. And then there's a lot of, you know, click here. And then you click there, always use control click. So you don't lose your place, <laughs> right? You open a yeah. new tab and go read that page. Yep. And then you can go back to the old tab and click a different new link and just poke around. You know, I, I get that people are time constrained and you think this is way too much work. But that being said, you don't have to. Right. And I, um, when I saw your invitation to, um, well, it wasn't an invitation to Heidi, but when you asked people if they wanted to, you know, guest on your, on your mm -hmm. podcast and what you would talk about, I thought about shipping on eBay because I, I hear, <laughs> I hear and read, um, people who either tried and left eBay because of a shipping difficulty, um, tried eBay and lost money on shipping or they don't list there very much because shipping is too complicated or they've heard all the other people have heard these horror stories and they're not really that scary but and they won't even try ebay because shipping is so hard 
and those and those people are all Poshmark sellers. <laughs> it is. So it's funny that you say that. I think a lot of it too is um, people start comparing the the final fees on eBay in comparison to Poshmark, and they're thinking that eBay's higher when really maybe it's something oh, as simple really? as they're overpaying in shipping or. Um, yeah. They they don't have a store subscription like that kind of stuff which I'm yep. learning as I go along you know I'm thankful for people like you and Denali who I have in my life who um, helped me along the eBay journey a little bit and Denali basically uh, forced me forced to get you. A she did a great job of um, she had a before the before the pandemic hit I forget how long before but she was really encouraging people just do it just do yeah. it. Yeah. Go ahead and make mistakes. You'll learn from them. Yeah, she's you know, awesome you, at that. You know, you're not going to die. Just do it and see what yeah. happens. Yeah. Because so, she knows as I do, she's a Poshmark seller as well. There's yeah. more money to be made on eBay. There 100% is. And I think there's something that, that she had said to me a, a couple months back. And uh, she basically said, all I want you to do for 30 days is just list consistently for 30 days. And then let me know how it goes for you. I was mm -hmm. like, okay, fine, I'll do it. Like I listed here and there on eBay, but I was never 100%. Did you really say, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, okay, fine. That's what I said. I said, okay, fine, I'll do it. Like you convinced me, fine. Um, and you know, when you speak, when you talk to friends and you talk to people in the community who have experience and that do well and succeed, you're going to take them up on whatever offer does they give you, right? Because you, yes. they obviously know, um, which is why this whole Coffee Talk uh, miniseries even exists. It's so that other people in the community have the voice to to share their experiences and other people will learn from it. Um, so I did it. I listed for 30 days straight and I did wow. notice the difference. And now, um, I list like three or three to five items every night. I make sure I leave enough items that I'm po posting on Poshmark to then post on eBay. Like I make sure that, that I have that available or I'm doing sell similar or something like that. If I don't have mm -hmm. it. Um, and that's what I did through when I couldn't source. Yeah. I, every day eBay tells me what listings are ending today. Like mm -hmm. their 30 days are up and tomorrow they're going to renew automatically. Yep. Every day I ended those, whether it was six or 26, I ended them all and I relisted them. Yeah. And even and makes that's it so simple. all that kept me going. And I was selling stuff that um, I listed a year ago. Yeah. Isn't that crazy how that works when it comes it to is. relisting? But you have to have that constant, you have to keep feeding it. Yeah, and, and that that's very true for eBay. You have to keep feeding yeah. it. And to an extent, Poshmark as well, but I feel like you can get away with a little bit with Poshmark with like Closet Clearout mm -hmm. and Office to and, Likers. And sharing. Yeah, yeah. You have the ability to share where on yeah, eBay, that. you set it, forget it kind of thing, right? Yep, with um, best match search, um, you'd, you'd, uh, you know, the algorithm responds to other cues, other yeah. inputs, where with Poshmark, sharing puts you to the top of best of the search if you... Right. If you lately. So here's answer this question for me, and then we can go into shipping. Because I feel like shipping is a is a topic that a lot of people are interested in. I know I'm interested in because I I don't do it correctly. And I know I don't. Um, when creating a title for eBay, what are your like they the components that have to be in there for your title? Like, what is the most important thing about eBay's titles that need to be in there so that you're searchable? I keep tweaking the order, mm -hmm. but brand mm -hmm. what is it mm -hmm. you know the item jacket top you know blouse robe whatever um gender if it's a if it's a brand that both genders buy pretty frequently right mm -hmm. size that's my beginning 
So Lululemon leggings, you know, six would be the beginning of a title. Okay. If I, if I had a pair. <laughs> right. If I had one. <laughs> yes. But like Nike, I'll put um, Nike men's or Nike women's. See, I think I need to go back and redo all of my titles because all my titles are Poshmark specific titles. Here's something fun to do on eBay. Oh boy. Go to the, what are you shopping for? Okay. And start typing in the name of your title in your mind. Okay. eBay does what Google does. It offers you. Yeah. And you can see what buyers are typing next when they're searching. I have a new so product. <laughs> if you type in Nike, it'll immediately show you. You'll see things like Nike Men's XL Short, or you'll you'll see what buyers are typing, and that's what should be at the beginning of your title. Yeah, I think I have to redo all my titles. Is all my titles are very much like what would be on Poshmark, because well, I'm just cross posting. I'm not doing anything else. Right. Right. Well, you gave me a project. <laughs> that's okay. It's something so, that I, but then I go on to, I go on to color, um, long sleeve, short sleeve, you know, chunky, oversized. If I, if it's got fashion, current fashion terminology, I use them. If, if it's a weird word that a buyer wouldn't use to search, even though I see, I was taught to sew when I was very young. So I know quite a bit about textiles and mm-hmm. clothing construction way more than I know about current fashion. So I know something, you know, I knew something was a peplum long before peplums were popular. And peplum is popular now, so I would put it there. But, you know, once they fade from fashion, if I had a peplum top, I wouldn't boast about it because people aren't going to use that word to search. Right. It's true. That's one of those styles that comes and goes. Yeah. But you could know a term for something, but there's no point in putting it in your title if the buyer isn't looking for that term. Very true. We talked about this last night on Lori's live. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's snap, you know, if it's a, if it's a snap front Western and then if it fits in genres like rockabilly or um, pinup or streetwear or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, fashion niches, not so much categories of who's wearing it, but you know, the, the more, the, the super niche things, if it fits in one of those, right? Those as well. And I'm not as good at that. There are some people on YouTube that are amazing about clothing niches and know right now what's hot. Right. And yeah. Not, I mean, it's not the stuff you see on Vogue. It's the stuff they're wearing on the street. Yeah. And I'm not great at that stuff either. Like I kind of know it, but I'm like, I'm not that hip. You yeah. know? And I, and I don't learn too much about it because I'm not finding it, you know? Right. Right. If if I was seeing stuff and I thought, boy, I wish I knew if this was marketable, you know, I'm not, it's not in my stores. So. Yeah. I also think what I'm going to start doing and I, I have to change my whole routine and everything. It's always like, I'm so excited to try something new. And then I just have to redo everything. Um, I think I'm going to start listing on eBay first I, a, and yeah. then putting it on Poshmark. I do that probably because I started on eBay and then Poshmark was two months later. Yeah. But also because eBay has asks more detail from you. Yeah. And once you write your eBay description, right, you can plop that into Poshmark, click the drop downs, and you're done with your Poshmark listing. 
Yeah. Poshmark first doesn't help you much because then no, I have to fill everything eBay, in. you've got nothing to flop. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I fill everything in and then it take it doesn't mean it doesn't take forever, but I do have to fill everything in. It's just because I'm so used to Poshmark, yeah. right? Yeah. I feel like I sound like and, every other Poshmark yep. user out there. And <laughs> if you do a lot of eBay drafts in a row, mm-hmm. as you do with software you use at work or any place else, you get better, you get faster. Yeah. You know which boxes to skip. I can't even tell you which boxes I skip because they're blind. I'm blind to them now. Yeah, I don't even yeah. look at them. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Well, I guess we should move on. This is a great yes. Now you sell an item on eBay. Woo, good for you. You sell an item. That's fantastic. And now you need to figure out that whole process once you sell oh, an item. See, this is, this is how we're going to begin. Yes. Shipping does not start when you sell an item. This episode is sponsored by SaveTheChildren.org. Save the Children believes every child deserves a future. In the United States and around the world, we work every day to give children a healthy start in life, the opportunity to learn, and protection from harm. We deliver lasting results for millions of children, including those hardest to reach. We do whatever it takes for children, every day, and in times of crisis, transforming their lives and the future we share. Right now, the coronavirus is the biggest global health crisis of our lifetime and threatens children in every way. COVID-19 has already left many children without caregivers, out of school, and exposed to violence and exploitation. Child poverty is rising. With your support, we can help children in unsafe households and help support distance learning in the face of school closures. Here are some ways your support can make a difference. $5 can provide a nutritious breakfast and lunch for a child who usually relies on school for food. $35 can provide educational toys and activities to engage eager, out-of-school learners. Whether it's $5 or $35, every contribution helps the children. For more information, go to savethechildren.org slash savekids or www.savethechildren.org slash savekids. Thanks so much. Now back to the show. Ah, okay. Okay. I want <laughs> I, 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 like, well, I like the long pause. Like, yeah. oh man, this girl knows nothing when it comes to. No, 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 not toward you. I was trying to think, how do I, yeah. I have, I have a caveat and a disclaimer. Okay. Give it to me. I, I can't possibly describe to you all the ways you can set up. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely. Or for all the products. Right. Mainly because. I have no knowledge of that. <laughs> <laughs> but what I can share with you are tips for new eBay sellers of clothing, especially Poshmark sellers yep. who are confused by shipping or have lost money on shipping or think it's hard. Yep. So that, that's what this is intended at. You know, yep. people could listen to this and say, Heidi, what about this? What about that? We could go down rabbit holes for three days. I'll say this would be a very long podcast episode. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I'm not going to talk about international shipping, like directly shipping. You are shipping it. You're purchasing international postage mm-hmm. or the global shipping program, which eBay handles all the international part and you just ship it to Kentucky. Not talking right. about either of those. I would recommend somebody new to not do global shipping program and to not do offer to international 
just ship to you, just ship to us only. Yeah. Learn that first. And then you might say, how do I find out where to turn that on? <laughs> how do I do anything on eBay? You Google, you Google eBay. Mm -hmm. um, domestic shipping only and something will pop up and take you right to it. Yeah, so I'm not going to, yeah, not going to cover those. Something I want to note too, to anyone who's listening, like Heidi might be talking about something you may not know or understand. And, you know, we're limited to time here, obviously in the podcast. Mm -hmm. um, just Google it. Honestly, you can Google anything when it comes to eBay and something will come up or yeah. YouTube. Those are your two best resources. Or you yeah. can reach out to Heidi too. She'll give out her Instagram handle. At the end. <laughs> Always reach out to Heidi. I'm throwing it out there. Yes. And, and again, if you get an eBay community link, make sure it's recent. Because you don't want to read something from 2014 and take that as your answer. Right. And, and clearly the, the things I'm going to suggest are not the right way, but they're ways that I know are simple and you will not lose money. I like simple and I don't yeah. want to lose money. So some terms. On eBay, they have things called business policies. Okay. They include your returns, whether you accept them or you don't, and for how long, mm -hmm. and wh who, who pays the shipping. Um, how fast you're going to ship, that's built into a, what they call a shipping policy. And a shipping policy is basically a saved set of decisions with your shipping time, what kind of mail, mailing service you're using, and how much it costs the buyer. Because... Okay. It, and that goes all the way from free to some other number you might choose, right? Right. So a shipping policy is a saved set of decisions. Okay. And you can reuse it. Right. So every time I create a new listing, I see that that's there. Now, can I manipulate that depending on the item? You can, mm -hmm. but if it's a good policy, you Keep won't it. need to. Okay. And I'm gonna and and why I say that I hope will become clear later. When I was new, one day I discovered because eBay keeps all your shipping policies in a handy little table, and you can go look at all of them. And I had I had way too many shipping policies <laughs> because I was thinking, oh well, for this one, I'll I'll charge a little less, or for this one, I'll charge a little more. And you sound I, like me. <laughs> I was doing, I was deciding it one item at a time. Yeah, that's and, what I do. And there, oh, there's, there's an, oh, you're going to be so excited. You're going to go buy a thermal printer so that you can print labels. Yeah. So I talked, I said, a policy sets the service and the cost to the buyer and how fast you'll ship your handling time. So a mail service is a category of mail. Right. That's what the post office calls it. And that's what eBay calls it. What service are you using? That's first class priority. Mm -hmm. Also includes things like medium mail, bulk mail, free sort mail. I used to do election mail, military mail. There's all these services. We're talking about first class and priority today. There mm -hmm. are more, but those are the two that we're talking about. A first class package. That's one pound or less, correct? One pound or less. If you buy your labels from eBay, pirate ship, PayPal. I'm suggesting you buy them from eBay, but just let's to keep it simple. Okay, good. Because I actually have questions about that, where, where you think shipping costs are more effective, but continue. Okay. Because if you walk into a post office 
-hmm. and you slap down a package on the counter, first class packages only go up to 13 ounces. Right. You can ship up to up to 16 ounces because you're a commercial shipper. Ah. And it's actually called first class package commercial. Interesting. Yep. Then we have a priority package. Now, here's and where, where Poshmark sellers are spoiled. Yes, they're spoiled. And because they haven't had to learn, right? they don't understand, they, they, they just lump them all into its priority. Correct. Except every, every Posh knows you can't use Express, right? right. <laughs> you can use flat rate, you can use any container or envelope or pouch or padded or whatever just not express. Mm -hmm. Well, priority package for our purposes on eBay is not flat rate ex with one exception and it's not express. A priority package is a package that weighs more than 16 ounces, but you're shipping it priority mail so that it doesn't take forever because right. the post office still has what used to be called parcel post. Yes, it does. You can now call it ground. Mm -hmm. And I never offer ground. I only, you can offer ground if you want to. Some eBay sellers have four, on one listing, they'll have four different services. I don't, I don't. If, Isn't ground if you, more expensive? It depends. Huh. It, but it's slow. That's all yeah. I know. Yeah. I want my buyers to be astonished by how quickly things arrived. Right. That's why I ship in one day and I, they love it. So I only offer one shipping service for any item. If it's less than a pound, I offer first class package. If it's more, I offer priority. Okay. Yep. So shipping charges, your policy that you create, um, how shipping charges work on eBay is if there are charges, it's not free shipping. If there are charges, the buyer pays the seller mm -hmm. and the seller buys postage from eBay. Right. Now, again, somebody might say, oh, but you can buy it from Pilot Ship. Yeah. We're talking for simplicity's sake that right. a new eBayer is going to buy their labels from eBay. That's how I do it. I don't use Pirate Ship. Yeah. I would investigate it if I was selling something big and bizarre. Yeah. And the, and the priority package on eBay made me go. <gasps> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> then I would go check out. I have an account at Pirate Ship, but I did it just so that I would have it available. Mm -hmm. But people who sell hard goods love pirate ship. But for clothing, I don't think it's I don't think it saves you anything. So the then so the buyer pays you and then you buy the postage. Right. The nifty thing is for calculated shipping, which is one method you can use, the buyer pays retail. But oh. the seller, the seller pays commercial. Oh, okay. So the buy, if you use calculated first class, yep. eBay figures out your zip code and their zip code, how much it weighs, and then they show the buyer, this is what it's going to cost. But when you go by, the, go by the label, it's a tiny bit less. That's why it's so, see, I never knew why it was less when I went to go by the label. Oh. I never understood. Now I do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you a chart that will blow your mind. Oh my goodness. I can't wait. Okay. So the retail rate is what the eBay buyer pays if you use calculated shipping. And the commercial base rate is what sellers pay for labels. So you can basically make money off of shipping is what you're saying. 
I make money every day. Oh, every wow. single sale. I am missing out. You are. Sometimes <laughs> she says sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I'll accept an offer that's a little lower than I want. Yeah. Because then I realize, no, I'm, I'm going to make a buck fifty on shipping. <laughs> Man, show me your ways, honey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So two more terms. Mm-hmm. Flat rate shipping is what eBay calls charging a flat fee for shipping. Okay. It's not flat rate priority. Makes sense. Okay. Flat rate priority is a post office term for if it fits, it ships. Right. 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 Flat rate shipping on eBay is you're going to charge the buyer a flat rate to ship this package, no matter where they are in the country. Right. They're all paying the same price. Right. So this is actually what Poshmark does. Yes, it is. You buy something up to five pounds. This is the flat rate. Which is crazy when you think about it. When people complain about the shipping on Poshmark, I'm like, you can put five pounds in that box and it is still $7.11. And I would feel awesome about that if I was buying or selling bundles. Yes. And that's great. Neither of those things has ever happened to me. (laughs) So um, Poshmark's got to be making money on shipping. Oh, 100%. If if Heidi's making money on shipping, Poshmark's making money on shipping. Right. Because they're charging... I don't know, seven forty. What I don't know, some, seven dollars and eleven cents. Yeah, I forgot what it went up to with the new seven yeah. eleven on a seven ounce blouse that you know I'm paying three eighty four to ship or whatever it is. Yeah. So, yep. So those are the terms that we're throwing around. Flat rate shipping. I'm not talking about priority packaging. I'm talking about eBay's term. Okay. Right. So this is what you must. Heidi says must. Oh, she shouldn't do that. Here's what I suggest. Here's what I strongly, highly recommend if you want to be successful trying these ideas. A postal scale. Yeah. I have one. I never use it. Shame on me. I know. I know. I I can't. If you told me that I had to list, sell, and ship something on eBay without a scale, I would go, I don't understand what you mean. I'm really good at guessing weights. I'm really, really good at it. I actually wrote this in my notes. Unless your day job is selling cheese and smoked jerky at the deli, (laughs) you're not good at estimating weights. (laughs) The danger danger with estimating weights. So are you saying you estimate even when you ship and purchase a label? No, no, no. I I weigh it then. But in the beginning, I'm like, man, this looks like a pound. Now you and Laura, I think I've heard Laura say the same thing, Laura Tata, that she doesn't estimate up that she does, she guesses up front and measures it later. Yeah. And my, my first thought is if you're going to weigh it, why not, why not? Even in the beginning? Yeah. Why not do it in the beginning? Because it's, it's, that use, would be smart. It's useful to you. Well, and I, yeah. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I sort of get it, but because I didn't start that way, yeah. I, I don't really get it. So a scale, 23 bucks on Amazon will get you a decent scale. Don't get a battery operated one because don't battery operated things annoy you in the end, but. They do. And I feel yeah. like it's okay to invest a little bit in the scale because. Um, even because you're going to make money on shipping. Well, yes, that. And a lot of times the cheaper scales aren't always a hundred percent accurate. And I yeah. just have some experience when I worked in 
um, the consulting firm, we shipped a lot of stuff out and we had bought, it wasn't super cheap, but a cheaper scale. And when we had the heavier packages, it just never worked out. So we had to invest in a better scale. Yeah. I've got an AccuTech again i looked it up a couple days ago it's 23 bucks but anything yeah anything in that price range and here's something from a usps website um section 1.8 of what long document i don't recall short paid non-machinable mail which is what a package is right um short paid non-machinable first class mail with short paid means there's not enough postage on it Mm -hmm. it is returned to the sender for additional postage right um, and if you put on more postage than you need, you're losing, losing money. money. <laughs> yeah. So here's, a, here's what I suggest for when you are handling your item. Make a little sample package um, with your typical little poly mail. Let's say you, you sell tops, shorts, skirts, right? They fit in the poly mail are this big. And put a blank label on it just like you would if you shipped it. Okay. Inside, put whatever storage bag you might use if you ship your items in a storage bag, right? Mm -hmm. Because I seal mine in plastic bags before I put them in my inventory bins. Mm -hmm. And then I pull them out and I slap my thank you sticker over my inventory number. So you want that bag. Everything that would be mailed, make a little sample bag like that. And then when you are handling your item, whether you're measuring it or you're, drafting your listing or you're picking off lint, just plop it on your scale with your little sample bag and make a note of the weight. Very smart. Then it's there, you know, I put it in my spreadsheet that I, cause I record my measurements and worry about it. I've got a spreadsheet anyway. Mm-hmm. Other people use a notebook. Other people put it all directly into a draft at the time. Excuse me, I need okay. a sip of something. <laughs> I know, all the talking, right? Yeah. So at whatever point you're collecting information about your item, collect the weight, but include all the packaging. I also keep handy a padded flat rate envelope because if it's over a pound, I'm hoping it'll fit in there. Right. And if it does, just I note PFR. That's what I'm going to use to ship it in. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply so do that you need some poly mailers or something to mail things in that are not priority right you need i recommend you get some of the priority tyvek mailers mm-hmm. and some padded flat rates all on the usps website correct all free on usps yep if you sell shoes and handbags and big winter coats Get some boxes from Priority, but not flat rate. Now, I have a question, Heidi. Um, there are some people that talk about buying their mm-hmm. shipping supplies on eBay. How does that work? Well, eBay, there are sellers on eBay who sell things just like they do on Amazon. Oh, okay. They're plain poly mailers. Okay. If you have an eBay store 
at basic or higher. Once a quarter, they give you, well, you're paying a subscription. Right. Your subscription provides a coupon toward eBay branded shipping supplies. Okay. So I have poly mailers in a couple sizes that say eBay right on the bag. Hmm. Um, when I had a basic store, I got $25 a quarter. And in the beginning, that was all the mail that was that bought me a hundred poly mailers and that was all I needed for a quarter. Oh, okay. Now I have to buy more. Now yeah. I, I ju- here's the killer. I upgraded to a premium store for more than double the amount of money because I needed the more listings. Right. Right before everything shut down. Oh God. And eBay gave everybody. I know. 50,000 50, listings a I, month. I know. But I just think, well, there you go. That's how things work out sometimes. Yeah, it's okay. You'll it's use okay. it in the future. I will. I will. And I didn't, yeah, yeah, it's okay. But it's just sort of a killer. But I'm very grateful to eBay. They extended that through the end of July. And that that's awesome. That was a really, you know, I mean, it served them too, but yeah. it cost them a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely did. But it really encouraged people to list. Yes, I agree. I agree. So you need some poly mailers and get some priority supplies that are not priority supplies that are not flat rate, flat rate boxes. And then there's something called regional rate boxes are really good for shipping things that are heavier for their size. So it's hard goods. Okay. Think of of the difference between a head of cabbage and a bag of spinach. That makes sense. Yep. Cabbage would be great in a flat rate box. Right. But spinach, it would never work out. It's they, they start at about twelve, fifteen bucks. Right. And yeah. And you can't fit much in them. So No, you can't. They're not that so, f- yeah. Flat rate boxes are not useful for clothing in general. Okay, here is something you you want to write down. All your listeners want to write this down. All right, write this down, guys. To help you decide on what your shipping policies are gonna be, I have a I have two charts for you. Ooh. These are 2020 rates. So next January, you pay attention to the news or when Poshmark raises their rates and then you know it happened. Right. The postal rates will change in January. So then you just go and find this again and get the new one. But if you um, go to this um, URL, PE, that's like Paul Edward, pe.usps.com. Mm-hmm. That's a thing called Postal Explorer. Wow. Oh. And there's a button called prices. And when you click prices, there's a PDF file. I'm on it right now. You want to open that? Are you? I'm I'm doing it as we speak. (laughs) So it's a, there's a, did did you get a big PDF file? Postal Explorer. Okay. Which one am I clicking on now? You're on, you're on. I'm on the Postal Explorer main page. Do you see something that says prices? Yes, price list notice one, two, three. Does it say PDF? Yep. All right. Oh, okay. Does it open at the very top where it says price list and then there's a whole bunch of blue links? Okay. So this is flat rate. Yep. um, Retail, commercial. Mm -hmm. Okay. Commercial, Mm -hmm. that whole commercial prices section, that's what we get charged on eBay because eBay's negotiated. That all of their sellers get commercial rates. Okay. There are even rates beyond this, which, of course, places like Poshmark and Amazon and so on right. get. Right. Com- there's something called commercial commercial base plus, 
that are even lower. But And there's probably even unpublished lists that are lower. Right. Who knows? But under commercial, the two that are most interesting to us are first-class package and priority mail. Now, yeah. clicking, this is a 143-page document you're looking at right Yeah, now. it's very long. <laughs> yep. But clicking those links takes you to the page where the interesting stuff is. So click first class package service. First class package service. Okay. Okay. The, at the top of that page is mail. Yep. Commercial flats. Those for large envelopes. So that would be like if a business had 500 manila envelopes with marketing material in them mm-hmm. that they were going to um, pre-sort. See the automation five digit, three digit. Yep. So that's not the one we want. Right below that is the chart for first class package service. Yes. This is what you're paying eBay when you buy a label. Okay. So how do you know what zone someone's in? Okay. This is so cool. <laughs> Heidi's very excited. I'm so, can you tell I work for the yeah. government my whole yes, life? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> not only do I know this stuff, it's interesting. It is okay. interesting. <laughs> a zone is not a geographical place on a map. Oh. It is a zip code pair. Oh, okay. Learn something new. And you can actually find on the USPF's website where you put in two zip codes and it tells you the zone. Oh. And I did that just because I'm overprepared. No, no it's good to be prepared. <laughs> what did, where did I do? Oh, I know. I can't even find it. So I did your, you know, I did a, a Providence, Rhode Island zip code and mine. Oh, two nine one nine. Yeah. Yeah, and and got and got a zone, and then I did me. Oh, here we go. Me to you is zone five. Okay. So on that chart, I look at how many ounces it is, and I go over to zone five, and that's what I would pay to ship a package to. This is fascinating, Heidi. Me to Los Angeles is zone eight. That's oh, more expensive. Yeah, Chicago to Los Angeles is zone six, but I only live a smidge away from Chicago. Well, two and a half hours. Yeah. And what, what there, you'll see some weird things sometimes. Like, why is that, why is that not a bigger, the zones, the zip code pairs are based on distribution centers. Oh. So if you live at the far edge of a distribution center, it's going to go back. Things might go east to go west, right? So this is why sometimes packages leave, let's say I ship something here in Johnston, Rhode Island, and it's only going to New York City, but it detours it somewhere like, else. Yeah, yes. it detours like Tennessee, and then it comes back up. Which is why once when I went to Orlando, I had to go from Michigan to Baltimore. <laughs> that is, that's interesting. <laughs> don't, don't fly a spirit. That's all yeah, I can say about Yeah, that, that is an interesting pattern. <laughs> so yeah. So just the, the distribution areas are set up by zip code, and those are on a map. But you could be really close to some other distribution center, but uh-uh, your mail's going to the farther away one right? and then on to the buyers. So, huh. But you can... Um, so this gives you an idea. Use that chart, yes. Yeah. So here's how you use that chart. So for the folks that are listening, we're looking at a chart like a table, not a chart, right? Because charts are... Yeah, this is like a, it's like a spreadsheet. Yeah, Yeah. a spreadsheet, right. And it's got the weight going down the side, Mm -hmm. ounces one to 15.999. And then it's got some zones going across. Yep. And you can see the most expensive package that you can ship first class would be 
$5.70. Correct. So do you know what I do for packages that weigh 12, 13, 14, 15 ounces? You charge $6. I charge $5.99. Ah, $5.99. Almost close. Every time. Okay. And I never lose money. No, you're always making money. And on a package that weighs, yeah, it's pretty hard to find a package that weighs less than three ounces. A silk scarf might be three ounces. Right. All the way down to 11 ounces, I charge $3.99 or $4.99. I was going to say $4.99 is the highest price they had before $46, right? Yep. Huh. So. Okay. Well, pro tip. I like that. So I have um, a third shipping policy that I charge $7.99 for, and that's something that will fit in a padded flat rate. Okay. But I always try it before I say it. Right. Because you don't There's know. nothing more sad than saying it'll fit in a padded flat rate, charging the buyer $7.99, and then having to pay $10.08. Yeah. Because it didn't fit, and I had to put it in a big poly mailer. Yeah. If you go back to the top of your document. Okay. So what I did was I printed that page. Yeah, I think I'm going to print this um, when I'm near my printer. I'm going yeah, to print yeah. this up. I printed that page and I looked at it. And when I first um, settled on this method, I used to have four. Um, I had a 349, a 399, a 499, and a 599. And then one day I went, you know what? Why? Right, right. But if you don't feel comfortable making a dollar profit on shipping, even though everybody is. I feel like everyone does that. If it isn't free, they're, right. ma- they, they're probably making money on shipping. Right. Um, you know, you set, but set whatever's comfortable for you. Draw lines across that chart and say, if it weighs this much, I'm going to charge this. So there's a similar chart, if you go back to the top, for priority mail. Yep, I see that. Now you skip the base, commercial base letters, large. No, this is it. Large envelopes and parcels. Yes. And I really just clipped... Um, like the three, four, I don't, I can't remember shipping something clothing over four pounds. Unless it was a really heavy pair of boots or something. Yeah. I see. And I can't sell shoes or boots to save my soul. Oh, that's my favorite thing to sell. Oh man. I love shoes, shoes, boots. Number one seller. I wish I, I can't find them. And when I do find them, they're ugly and they're beat up. So, but notice at the top of this same chart. Mm Mm-hmm. It's got the rates that you would pay for a flat rate envelope, which yes. is card cardboard. I don't recommend it. Right. Shipping in cardboard gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. But a padded flat rate. Now this is, that's that's high. It's not seven seventy five. It's seven fifty five. I think. But yeah, it it shows it shows you some of the flat rates there too. So you could estimate here. Um, generally, if something weighs if I can't get it in a padded flat rate, I tend to either use 1099 or what we'll talk about next, if you don't like this plan, calculated shipping. Right. So my other tip, if you don't want to set flat rates, use calculated. The I buyer think- pays retail, you pay wholesale for your shipping label. You yep. won't lose money. eBay tells the buyer based on the zip code pair and the weight that you put in, Please make sure it's accurate when you list it. And the, there you go. 
Yeah. I like that idea of flat rate. Just one flat thing. You know how much it weighs? Yep. You know where it's going to go? I like that. So I, uh, 90% of my listings have a, a shipping charge for first class package of either $4.99 or $5.99. Mm-hmm. The heavier stuff has a rate of $7.99 if I'm going to put it in a padded flat rate. $10.99 if I got to go a bigger poly mailer than, you know, than a padded flat rate will fit. And if, I, and if I'm going to have to end up putting it in a box, then I'll, I'll go dig under my bed, which is where my shipping supplies are stored, and pull out a box. And I weigh and measure that. Priority packages have to have measurements too. Yes. And the reason for that is, just started this year, priority mail is um, what they call dimensional weights, which is kind of a strange physical physics term, but yes, <laughs> they charge you not only by weight and distance, but the dimensions of the box. Yeah, I noticed that in Macari when I started listing. Um, yep. And that's, uh, that's because maybe it's to punish Amazon because Amazon sells, sends a giant box with, with a bottle of nail polish in it. So, I know, I know. Yeah. So um, I have my tape measures taped to the front of my desk. I measure my garments there. And if I have to measure a, a package that I'm going to ship before I list it, I measure it against my little tape measure. A poly mailer with like a blazer in it, a nice big heavy blazer, mm-hmm. is usually um, 12 by 10 by 4, you know, yeah. roughly in there. Yeah, I feel like that's the... the- Basic, whenever I use a box, yeah. it's the dimension that I use. Right. The dimensions and the USPS boxes have the dimensions right, right on there. the front. Yep. So have I confused the crap out of you or have I helped you? No, I think you've helped me. I think you've helped me a lot, actually. Because I, ne- I never really, I guess I never really looked at shipping in this way. I just kind of like, I just wing it, right? Like, yeah, sure. I think it's between one and two pounds. And then I actually go in and measure and do all the stuff that I need to do. And that's just, it's more of a headache for me to do it that way. I now have something to base shipping off of. And like you said, just, I like having that flat four ninety nine, five ninety nine. I like that. That makes it a lot easier for me. Mm-hmm. And, and by, um, by, if you, if you're tempted to tweak it for each item, really examine why. Yeah. Be- because maybe you, Maybe you're overcharging on your price or you're hoping to. So you think, well, I'll give them a deal. Yeah. Um, Lori mentioned a comment on the live the other night, which was she tends to offer free shipping when it's a high value item. I never do that. Not on I, eBay. I don't either. Because I figure, well, if they can afford my $140 sweater, I don't right. think they're going to care about the shipping. <laughs> the only time I do, the only time I offer free shipping is if I'm doing an offers to likers on Poshmark and it's an incentive yes. for a Poshmark buyer. Yeah. That's the only time I will offer free shipping, but that's already, like, I already put that into my price. Like, yeah. I'm not just offering it. Like, that $7.11 is already factored into my price that I'm putting out there. Yeah. Free sense? shipping on eBay is essential in some categories. Okay. Because your competition is doing it and they're selling exactly the same thing. Yeah. There's way more, way more sellers on eBay. If you're selling, if you're selling new in box Nike super duper jumper sneaker, see, that's how much I know about sneakers. 
That's, that's the popular brand not right now, right? Yes, it is. It is 100%. But if you're selling those sneakers and 250 other people are too right now and 250 active listings for an identical, identical right. item right. Is, is pretty big for an identical item. Um, and they're all offering free shipping. Right. You could, and you're not. And you're not. Yeah. You can offer you could offer a lower price because eBay when people people can check a checkbox free shipping and it only shows them free shipping. I totally do that if I shop eBay. Yeah, but people, buyers also sort high to low, and that includes shipping. Ah, okay. And I think some buyers search high to low, mm-hmm. um, or sort high to low. That's not a search. That's a sort. Right. So if they haven't checked free shipping and they just, they're looking at the results, they sort high to low, it includes shipping. So if somebody's saying $30 free shipping, somebody else is saying $25, $5 shipping, well, they'll be right next to each other. Got but on, on a lot of hard goods or commodity items, free shipping is just this, this, what the you know, industry standard. Right. But all of the stuff I sell is a one-off. Okay. Even if somebody else has a Lululemon legging that's the same model as mine and the same size and the same color and the same pattern, they don't have my picture. They don't have my condition. It's not the same item, right? Right. The right. inbox Nike sneaker is the same item. It is. Yeah. Loose clothing are, they're distinct, two different items. And I say I don't have to offer free shipping because I'm offering a quality product and fabulous service. Right. And if you compare your pictures to somebody else's, I think buyers do the same. 100%. I know I do as a buyer. Which is why your listing, yeah. I won't, I wouldn't buy something that, you know, and I'm just, I'm terrible, but I wouldn't buy something that was um, wrinkled, linty, had pills or strings. I mean, I snip off, I snip off every loose thread and. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know how you are as a, as a buyer and you expect the same. And I want my buyer to open the package and go, wow, this is in better shape than I thought it was. Yes. Isn't that great when you get those messages? I, I, and I, I get those comments. This is, yeah, I, I love that. But anyway, so free shipping Look at your comp, look at the comps. And if you have to do free shipping to be competitive, okay, you're going to have to adjust your pricing and then be careful when you accept an offer. Yep. Because if you do free shipping on some things and not others and you accept an offer, then when you go to pay it, you'll go, oh crap, I forgot this was the item I paid up for. And I forgot that I offered free shipping on it and I accepted an offer that I, I hadn't accepted. Yeah. Then you fall into that trap. <laughs> Which is how I think people lose money because they forget yep. what they paid for it and what their costs are when they sell it. And so free shipping is just another trap that you could fall into. But it's I, I, essential for a lot of eBay sellers. I will not deny that. But I think when, so if you look at the grand scheme of retail, whether it's online or brick, or brick and mortar, right? And they have an online presence. Um, most stores are not offering you free shipping no. unless you're reaching a certain threshold. It is very rare you get and an sometimes email. Sometimes it's high. 
Right. And it's very rare that you're getting an email that says free shipping on all orders because they're not going to do that. Right. (laughs) It's very, very rare that that happens. Usually around Christmas time, you see that happen on occasion or Mm -hmm. um, you saw a lot of companies doing it recently because their brick and mortar stores were closed. So they're trying to Mm -hmm. increase their sales. So it makes sense for them to do that. So, I mean, that's the way I look at reselling too is, I mean, it's yeah. business, right? It's basically a retail store, but it's online based. Exactly. And that's how you're not offering it. Why am I offering it? And people will say, well, you know, Amazon, I'm not in competition with Amazon. Yeah, Amazon is not our competitor. Amazon doesn't have my used title nine golf score size six, really super cute. It's not, right. you can't get it on Amazon. So I'm not, yeah. And I'm not a, I'm a, my husband and I've been prime members probably since they invented it. Yeah, I think and I, like I do it was in college. <laughs> we do it for the speed. Yeah. Which, you know, the last few months hasn't been there, but that's okay. Oh, nope. I get a lot of like, a, um, my grandmother's like, med, um, like creams and all that kind of stuff and mm. uh, some medications and stuff on there. And it's like, I really had a plan ahead yeah. to make sure that it got there in time because some things are taking like a month to come yeah. in, which is totally understandable. Like, yeah, it is. It's totally understandable. Fault. But, you know, even... I'm sure Prime will give us a small discount on it. I would hope so. <laughs> I would hope so. But I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, but, you know, it is it is a personal choice when it comes to... Yeah, it is. It is. I just wanted to point out um, what you need to be aware of if you offer Correct. free shipping. Correct. Don't fall now into let's the trap of maybe... forgetting you had free shipping on it and then you accept an offer that's 30% off. And right. And suddenly you're left with nothing. Yeah. So now let's go down the other route. Let's say someone wants to calculate their shipping instead of doing this flat rate like you had mentioned. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about it. So when you, um, I'll have one more Google term for everybody to figure out, okay, where do I make these shipping policies? Right. But when you create a new shipping policy and you choose first class or priority as the service, eBay has an option to use calculated and you just choose calculated. And you're done. And when the buyer's looking at your item, eBay knows where they are and they know where the seller is. And in the background, it does a zip code pair and shows the buyer what their shipping charge will be at retail. Do you think that's easier than doing it the other way that you mentioned? It is. Mm -hmm. But I make more money the other way. Got it. Got it. Well, it's but it's super easy. You don't have to. You don't have to print out Heidi's chart. It's not Heidi's chart. <laughs> Heidi's <right>. chart. <laughs> oh my word! No, totally belongs to the USPS, <laughs> which is a quasi-governmental agency. And I, I did not say that that was my chart. I didn't say it. <laughs> if you leave it in the podcast, I will deny that that's my. Oh, chart. stop it! They're okay. not even going to listen. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, um, I can. I can source a wider variety of things and make a little less on them mm-hmm. because I make a little bit on shipping. Right. And initially when I used that chart, which belongs to the USPS, um, <laughs> I, I, I had it set up so that, uh, and, be, and this was before zip code pairs came in. It used to be, this is the weight, that's the charge. Zones were new. So last year, um, I would say, okay, here's going to be my cutoff. On some things, I'll subsidize a few cents, and on some things, I'll make a few cents. Right. And that that worked great, too. But then when they went to the zones, I realized I had a wider window, Mm -hmm. and my subsidies could swing a great deal. And I sell 
over half my stuff to the coasts. Huh. Because that's where the people live. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, my husband got me a map for Christmas and for a while we put bins in it and then we got tired of squeezing all the bins into the little tiny spot that was the, you know, the Northeast and the, yep. and the Southwest. Texas, Florida, California, and New York. That's where most of my sales are. Um, because that's where the people live. The yeah. So I'm in the middle. So my zone pairs, most of them are going to be as big as they could be because. Right. But I also have the benefit over you. You're going to have a lot of sales in very short zones and cheap, but you're also going to have a bunch of sales all the way across the country. So, yeah. And I realized that I was subsidizing bigger swings mm. and I, I didn't, I wanted to remove that risk. So I just went, I won't lose money on any single ship. Yeah. Sometimes it's 12 cents and sometimes it's a buck that I make. So I have and, so much I'm thinking about right now and how I'm going to now execute eBay. This was very helpful, Heidi. Oh, I'm I'm glad you're getting something out of it. And I'm not confusing the crap out of you. No, you're not confusing me at all. And I don't think the listeners will be confused either. Because, uh, I hope not. No, no, no. Because I think that when it comes, shipping is a complicated beast in general when it when it comes to eBay, when you're a popular seller. It is. Seller. I mean, the, the document that we were looking at for rates was it's 143 long. pages. Yeah. yeah, it's huge. So, yeah. and the other thing too to remember, if you guys are Poshmark um, users, you're, you buy, sell, you know, on Poshmark, um, they've made it simple for us. They've created that for us, which is wonderful. But when you're venturing to different platforms um, like eBay, you know, Macari is similar. I mean, they have some um, shipping structure to themselves, but I know people use Pirate Ship a lot with Macari. Um, I don't know if Grailed or any of these other websites, I don't know how they do their shipping. But Poshmark has spoiled us, and I think okay. we have to acknowledge that. And it's okay to branch out and learn a little bit about shipping. And um, and I think this was very helpful. I think this kind of broke it down in a very beginner basic level where someone can feel a little more confident and take these tools and list a few things on there. It's not going to hurt to list something on a different platform. Yeah. Um, if you look at any top 10 list of things Poshmark sellers wish they could change about Poshmark, mm-hmm. You can do all those things on eBay. Right. It's so true. When you you want to run a sale? Stuff, it's true. You could, if you have an eBay store, you can run a sale. You yeah. want to have an ad? Yep. You, want, you want your stuff to go higher in search because you're paying a little bit? You yep. can do that. You want to uh, download you wanna, all your sales documents, all your reports into Excel spreadsheets? You can do that. Right. You want to see live data? You got it. And the other thing, too, that you want to you know, see solds, but only in the last week? Yep. You can see that. It's so true. You want to see solds for, um, you know, Terapeak, which is a, um, it used to be a standalone um, eBay sales analysis tool that people paid for. Now, if you're an eBay store owner, you get to access Terapeak, which has sold and active data up to a year old. And um, it shows you the average price, average length of time it took to sell, average shipping, the cost that was charged. It's it's amazing. So I just started using it yeah. and it is pretty fascinating. I spent like yeah. two hours just looking. Sourcing guidance is so fun. Okay. Have you looked at sourcing guidance? No, not yet. No. Oh, eBay tells you, um, let's say you pick a category women's jeans. It shows you uh, the brands that have the most potential uh, for sale, That what based on what buyers are searching for and buying. What oh, brands? I love that. 
and even on some of the clothing items, what style. Wow. Yeah. Very That's cool. pretty cool. The other thing too, that I think some Poshmark um, buyers wish happens in terms of shipping is if someone buys a t-shirt and they're paying $7.11. Yeah. You want to be able to ship it to them yeah. for can we and I think, $4.99? <laughs> right. And I think that's where eBay can be handy yeah. for some people. If you want to venture into cross-listing, um, don't put it on Poshmark then. Put it on eBay. You yeah. If, you're, buyer if you're worried about that, yeah. Mm -hmm. If you're worried about um, double-selling something, um, and particularly, um, yeah. And again, anything that sells on Poshmark will sell on eBay. Right. Um, some things that some things on Poshmark, some things on eBay would take much longer to sell on Poshmark, but here's why. The audience is four times larger on Poshmark. Yeah. Um, most, I think a lot of my Poshmark sales come from Google searches. 100%, and you can always tell when it's a Google search. Because it's a new buyer. It's a, a new, new buyer. Yeah. Yep. And they have some random username. Yeah, they don't have a picture. Yeah, yeah, I get a lot. I love it, I love it. So do I, and that's- To know I'm showing up in Google? It's kind of exciting. Thank you. That's where I was going to go. It's like, this <laughs> is where my SEO comes into play. You want to show up. Oh, that's a topic for a different day. I have a YouTube video. Yeah, yeah. Topic for a different day. There's so much that goes into SEO, but like the basics, you just want to make sure you are searchable. If you are searchable, people are going to buy your stuff. What, what kind of store do you have? Um, I, not the first one. The, the one Not we starter, you have basic. Yeah, right? the one we get, you get Terapeek in that one. Yeah, yeah. So I had the starter. And then Denali yelled at me, and then I went to the next level. Yeah, um, starters, starters, good to start, yeah. but you don't get all the tools. Yeah, and and, the, you and know, if you're in business, if you're if you're running a business on Poshmark and you want to try eBay, then start a business on eBay. Yeah, and get this and get the basic store rather than the starter. Yeah, but, you, know, you know that's that's everybody's decision. There's a big difference between the price five yeah. to seven dollars a month and twenty dollars yeah. a month. I get that. Yeah. And that was my hesitation, but I mean, it made sense because I've been making sales. So last month I had 50 sales on eBay and I had like 10 on Poshmark. So no kidding. Yeah. So there's definitely a, a shift happening. And, but I also listed different things in the months of March and April. Okay. Yeah. Very different items. I listed a lot of hard goods. I listed yeah. a lot of items around my, okay. uh, my apartment, like that kind of stuff to kind of give my eBay store a little bit of a boost. And I was clearing things out anyway. Yeah. Um, so that helped. But yeah, it's been, it's been interesting where I'm noticing more attention on my eBay store than on my Poshmark closet. So, you know, and that happens. It happens. I have heard some um, people that I think are pretty smart and have long experience on eBay and who have even um, been able to talk to eBay um, employees, not like customer service employees, but, up, you know, higher level people. Right. That... Uh, the eBay algorithm, and it and it is every bit as powerful as Google's algorithm. I think um, eBay is always learning about you and your buyers, right? And adjusting what they're showing people of your stuff based on what they think will make a good match. So right. if you sell mostly hard goods, yeah, and then start moving into clothing but keep up with your hard goods. It'll take a while for your hard goods sales to catch on because eBay won't, they, they don't kind of trust you as a clothing seller, if you know what right. I mean. 
Right. And again, I've, I've not heard this from the horse's mouth, but right. the way it was explained to me and what I've observed about my own stuff. When I started um, trying to put more career in my eBay store, um, I just I couldn't seem to sell it. And it was good stuff. But I just, you know, I just kept doing it and I would sell a few pieces and suddenly it just started to climb. And now they're, they're reliable. If I buy the right stuff, it sells. Yeah. Except, except when no one's going to work. Except well, that yeah, that, that's the other thing too. Which and then when I started discovering what I could sell in hiker biker clothes, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> hiker biker. <laughs> well, you know, nylon hiking shorts and pants and yeah. right quarter zips yeah. and outdoor wear that's not winter clothing, I guess. Right, right, right. right. Um, it took a while and now that's a reliable mover for me. You know, my sell-through rate's pretty good. So if you switched, if your focus for several months was on hard goods and now you switch completely to clothes, just be persistent. Yeah. Because after two or three weeks and, and a few sales and you keep adding more listings to that, eBay will favor you more, I think. And again, I could be just making all this up. <laughs> but I think eBay wants a buyer and a seller to get together and have a good, ex- a good experience. Yeah. I and mean, so they, what they you have just, what, their search is called best match for a reason. Yeah. Well, what you just explained is targeted ads. That's, that's what right. it is. When right. you're on Instagram and your, your phone literally researches Instagram, gets your phone's information and researches its algorithm. It's a real thing. This is what happens. It, it knows things that you've talked about. And that's why when I mean, ads come up, you're like, oh, wait. Your phone is listening to you. If you don't go in and turn it off, your phone is listening to you. Yes, it is. It's listening yep. to you all the time. And I have so many apps. I've only turned off about half of them. But Well, that's the thing, too. I mean, it's a lot of oh, work to turn you gotta it You've got to do it in each one. Yeah, it's yes, crazy. exactly. So, so when you're confused as to why a certain ad popped up, yeah. Because they're targeting you. Well, eBay and Poshmark do the exact same thing. Yep. <laughs> they yep. all do it. There's all algorithms out there, they, whether they admit it or not. <laughs> so if you have um, an eBay store and you're not sure where your shipping options are or what, what ones you've even created, Google eBay shipping options. And there will be an eBay link at the top that says eBay shipping options. And it'll take you to the page where you manage your shipping. eBay, this frustrated me. Um, eBay is like an old Victorian house. Yeah. yeah. It's been added onto and the floors don't meet. And sometimes a room has six doors. Yeah. And you go through a door and you're like, how did I get in here? Yeah. And then you go through another door and said, I didn't know you could get here this way. I thought you had to go that way. So, right. But in, in one, in one place, eBay calls them shipping options. And then when you click on that, it calls them um, shipping, what did it say? Shipping options, shipping profiles. I've never heard that word before, but they're actually called shipping policies. So okay. just persist and keep yeah. clicking. So I think the moral of the story here, the moral of the story here, Heidi, is if you have any questions regarding shipping or anything when it comes to eBay, Google Daniela, she knows now. She well, yeah, no, no, don't do that. Don't come to me. <laughs> don't come to me. I can help you with the very basic things when it comes to eBay. Go to Heidi. <laughs> so if people do want to connect with you, Heidi, what is your Instagram handle? Are you on YouTube? Give everyone the details. <clears throat> I am Restyle Secrets on Instagram. Yes, she is. I am Restyle Secrets on YouTube. I have 12 subscribers and no videos. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm I have some people who are videos. living in people who are living in hope, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you have a whole <laughs> channel right here on eBay. <laughs> and um, my Poshmark closet, because I didn't think it through, is a, a different name altogether. It is Style Secrets. No, wait a minute, Poshmark. Style underscore secrets is Poshmark. Okay. And um, when I, then I began with on eBay, Style Secrets 0101. All right. And then what I really wanted was restyle secrets because yeah. get it like old clothes, you're you know, restyling them. Restyling. And it's a secret because nobody knows you bought it secondhand. Yes. I thought it was genius. It and is. Then so did six other people because <laughs> it was already taken. So great minds think alike, my friend. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Heidi. It was so much fun to talk to you. And I mean, we talk, but this is nice to sit down and have a conversation. And you taught me some new things. So thank you for that. And I hope- I had, I had such a great hot time. I hope I didn't confuse people. No, you didn't. And you again, didn't. you know, caveats and disclaimers. There's, <laughs> there's, there's six million ways to do it. And, you know, one of them would be right for you. Just don't change more than one thing at a time. Yeah. Or you'll never know if it's working. And just be persistent and stay consistent. That's the number one yeah. thing when it comes to eBay. Don't give up. I mean, with any platform, really. And yeah. And, and you know, I know I'm going to take some of this stuff that we've talked about and I'm going to sit down from the computer and I'm going to work on it as soon as we get off this call. <laughs> how <laughs> exciting. That's, I that's... thought you would take a bath and go to bed after the day. No, 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 no. I don't. <laughs> that's not how I work. You know that. <laughs> I think I think you might be. A very busy girl. I I am, but it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I can still do it, right? I'm young yeah. and I can do it, so I might as yes. well. Yes, do, do it now so that when you don't have to nap for three months when you finally <laughs> retire, like I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. And I will see you guys next week with Lori again. Hope you guys are staying safe and I'll talk to you soon. Bye, everyone. <laughs>